I don't think Sabbath is for people who deserve it. I don't think Sabbath is for people who deserve it. I think vacation breaks. breaks? Vacation, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spa days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Treat it's, yourself, bro. There's more. I see more content on social media about, about self care okay. than about self sacrifice. Wow. I see more Christians reposting content like you got love yourself. And yes, self-love and self-care is great as long as they're held in tension with pick up your cross and follow me. Welcome back to the Arma podcast. It's Manny Arango. Today, me and Will talk about laziness. That's right. We're going to get a lot of blowback for this one. I already know. I posted about uh, laziness on my Instagram maybe a couple of months ago, and man, the comments were wild. For millennials especially, laziness is, is a four-letter word, man. People feel like they've been cussed out if you call them lazy. But I'm a little old school. I believe in old-fashioned work ethic. But laziness isn't just about what you do physically. There's also spiritual laziness. There's laziness in the soul. There's all kinds of laziness. There's emotional laziness. So we're going to dive into all of it on today's episode. Let's go. Wow, wow, wow. wow, wow. <laughs> yeah! I tried to beat you to it. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Here we are. The Armor Podcast. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what episode this is. <laughs> I'm just We're gonna be, a couple episodes in. We're a couple episodes in. You changed outfits? <laughs> Guys, we established this before, but I, be, I believe that some people didn't believe us. <laughs> okay? Okay. This is really what I wear every day. For the time you've known me. I've never seen you in anything different. This is it. I'm a genius. Since the day I met you in person from till now. I'm a genius. I've never seen I just you took, wear anything else. I get decision fatigue very easily. Okay. So I just took a decision away every day. That's real. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to wear all black. This is what it is. I showed up to preach at a church one time. And the guy that I was there, one of the people that were there were like, oh, my gosh, you're you're wearing your your uniform. And that solidified it for me. I knew then he said he literally said, you're like Steve Jobs. You, this is your thing. And I was like, that's all I need to hear. What does change is the shoes and the and the hat, the shoes and the hat. This is what changes. But now how many different pairs of black pants do you have? Several, several pairs several. of black pants, several. And several black t-shirts. Way more than you think I have. Do any of them have graphics on them? No. no plain black t-shirts. Plain black tee. No pocket, no Do you no have nothing. like black jackets? Yes, or I do. Like, do you have a black suit? I sure do. And you have a... <laughs> What's your next question? Underwear? Yes. <laughs> black underwear? Yes. Ah! Do you have... Okay, hey, look. It works for you. I have two black jackets. I can imagine Jesus had a uniform. You think he had on a different color robe every day? <laughs> that boy said, "That boy said, give me that white robe." All the paintings I've seen of him, he's got the same thing on. Same thing on. Yeah, I got two denim jackets. One is for like when I do TV stuff or like uh, YouTube stuff. Okay, and one is for preaching. When I go on the road, if you book me to, which you should, if you book me to come to your church, if you book Will, I'm gonna have one all black with a black. Do you have a leather jacket? jacket? No, I can't do leather. I sweat too much. Okay, I'm not mad about it. Now that we've covered that. Now that we've covered that, we've got we've got a Here's what I here's we why have I wanna, a controversial topic. And this to is why I wanted to start today. off talking about me making a decision. 
Okay. Because when I made this decision a couple of years back, yeah, it was me being proactive. Okay. It was not me being lazy. Ah. Me wearing all black every day is not lazy. Okay. It's thoughtful. For sure. There's a couple different things that I do in my my job at Elevation Church that require me to be ready for social media, YouTube, like some of our broadcast stuff. And it just is easier for me, for everyone else. If I got on All Black, I can be pulled in at the last second. I love being able to serve our church in that way. I'm not even, normally I'm, like when I'm talking like that, I'm being facetious. But I really, really do love that at any second it could be like, hey, Will, actually, could you step in and do this thing for us? For sure. So the All Black is like, because the the wires are black, earpieces and that, like that kind of thing tend to be black. Yeah. It makes me kind of in this position of always being ready. It is not laziness. But in this episode, we are going to talk about laziness. Now, I I uh, I ruffled some feathers on social media recently. You did? I did. I know that's that a shocker. That does not sound like you at all. <laughs> I hate rocking the boat. I really hate ruffling feathers. How many times have you and I talked and I'm like, why did you post that? <laughs> and you do exactly that. I laugh and say, but if you saw the engagement. Because the, the algorithm doesn't know what's a negative comment or a positive comment. One time you the told me the algorithm just sees comments. One time you told me if you think that was bad, imagine what I cut. <laughs> imagine what I edited out. Imagine what I didn't say. So, you can tell me if you think this is true. Let's go. I feel like as a generation. Uh-oh. Let's just offend a group of people off the back. Let's just do it. Millennials if if there's a spectrum of I appreciate the the lengths you're going to right now to I'm, say this well. I'm really trying to be tactful. <laughs> if there's a spectrum of... Because what you want to say is millennials are the laziest generation there ever was. Oh, my gosh, man. But do the spectrum thing, though. Do the spectrum <laughs> thing. <laughs> Thanks for entertaining. <laughs> Thanks for entertaining my, uh, my tactfulness. If there's a spectrum... If there's a spectrum sure. that goes from workaholic... Sure. I'm, I, I identify only with what I do. You know, okay. uh, I put in 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and I'm not really there for my kids. That's the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And the other end Which of is the, unhealthy. Which is unhealthy. The middle of the spectrum is a strong, healthy work ethic. Yes. But also work-life balance. Exactly. Or yep. whatever word, language you like to use yep. for that. Yep. Taking that's, Sabbaths. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the middle of the spectrum. That's the middle. Which we all know this is where we're called to be. I hope we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every time I okay. Okay, okay. criticize the other end of the spectrum, okay. everyone only says, well, I can't believe you want us to be out here overworking and, right, and right, right. you know, making other people rich. And I so, can't you, believe. so you got the workaholic. Spe- There's a workaholic. What are you describing I'm this not. End? I'm not advocating for workaholism. Okay, workaholism. I'm not advocating That's an armor that. podcast word. That's workaholism. Workaholism. Where like, work and money is idolatry. Sure. That, that's not what I'm advocating and for. And if that's where you are in your life, no worries. Hopefully Look, this episode will help you. For sure. We're, we're, I think, you know, we should actually follow up this episode with an episode on Sabbath and rest. Excellent. Because I think that would create balance. Absolutely. Because I believe in taking a Sabbath. Yes. I believe in vacation. I believe in rest. And you're a hard worker. If you deserve a break. <laughs> but there's a lot of people. I think I disagree with what you just said. That's fine for you to disagree with it. That's and I fine. think there are some people watching right now. 
good thing this is an interdenominational podcast because <laughs> you can agree or disagree. And you we're don't all have here to together. agree yeah, with what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. I don't think Sabbath is for people who deserve it. I don't think Sabbath is for people who deserve it. I think vacation breaks. breaks? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spa days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Treat yourself, bro. There's more. I see more content on social media about, about self care okay. than about self sacrifice. Wow. I see more Christians reposting content like you got love yourself. And yes, self-love and self-care is great as long as they're held in tension with pick up your cross and follow me. Like for real, I saw I saw something recently. Who said that in the Bible, by the way? Jesus. Jesus did. Okay. Interesting. I saw something recently online, right? And I've seen it. I don't want to exaggerate. I was about to say hundreds of times, dozens of times probably. If it takes away from my peace or my tranquility or my happiness, I ain't about it. It ain't for me. And I go, you actively take away from God's peace and tranquility and happiness. What are you talking about? Anyone I've ever pastored takes away from my peace and my tranquility and my happiness. Like, what are we talking about? We're so... We have bought into self-care sure. in an extreme way that we have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Because we've seen workaholism and... We want to be a generation of don't work at allism. Don't work at allism. And we're telling can't you Can't count on me-ism. Not reliable-ism. <laughs> like, fire me-ism. Like... And then when you get not fired, dependableism. When you get fired, you be like, they didn't understand me. Yeah, it's like, no, we no. understood you. No, you didn't understand. You showed up late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't do your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 13 things on your to-do list that sure. didn't get done. Sure. So in our last episode, we're talking about submission. Exactly. But to follow that up, what we're really saying is submission is not passive. No. In fact, when the definition we gave from, from Hebrews, the book of Hebrews was submit to your Spiritual father. Yep. And then do most important word of the whole do. verse. Do there, there's something to be done. Let, you know what? Let, let's, let me tell you a story about how I really like started okay. to build a, a really healthy relationship with pastor Andy. Okay? okay. When I got on staff at world overcomers, your, your first role was what? I, my first role at world Overcomers before I was on staff, mm-hmm. I handled pastor Andy's dry cleaning. Okay. So I had lots of responsibilities, sure. none of them sexy. Right. Okay. Then I finally get on staff. I get on staff as a youth pastor. Okay. Right. And there was a whole bunch of disgruntled staff members at the church. Okay. There was about 50, 60 staff members at the church. Lots of them. I didn't realize this when I was a volunteer, but when I became, got on staff, I realized, you know, a lot of these people are real disgruntled. Okay. okay? And a lot of the disgruntledness was, I can't believe I've been working at this church for 10 years and I ain't never been to lunch with Pastor Andy. Can't believe I've been working at this church. As if he owes you that. But anyway, I, I can't believe I've been working at this church for seven, eight years and I ain't never been to Pastor Andy's house. As if he owes you that. I can't believe I've been working at this church for six years okay. and he don't develop me. As if he owes you that. Okay, a bunch of disgruntled people that complain. We are going to talk about development, by the way, and, before this episode is over. I realized, oh... I'm not trying to be these disgruntled sure. staff people. Sure. Let me hit up Pastor Andy's administrative assistant. I hit up Pastor, I actually cornered her at the church on a Sunday. 
And I said, hey, um, I, I need you to listen to me clearly. Sure. How often does Pastor Andy go to the airport? Like how long, how often does he need to go to the airport for speaking engagement, stuff like that? She said, sometimes once a week, it, sometimes twice a week. Sure. But it's at least a couple of times a month. I said, from now on, you are not allowed to delegate that responsibility of picking him up and taking him to the airport or picking him up from the airport and bringing him home to anyone else. That is my responsibility from this day forward. I made sure that she understood clearly okay. that I was the sole responsible. Servant. Was sole servant. Sole service. That's an armor podcast term for you right okay? there. For picking this man up from his home, taking him to the airport, Picking him up from the airport, taking him home. Here's what's interesting. Yep. You didn't say, I need to go on every trip he goes on. Absolutely not. Why would I invite myself on trips? Okay. I'm not that important. Okay. Get over yourself. Okay. I did not say, can we go to lunch, please? I want you to spend time with me. None of that. I'm going to make myself Finish useful. Finish your sentence because I have a question for you. Okay. So I made sure my car was clean. Okay. I made sure I picked him up in a nice vehicle. Was your check engine light on? I made sure that none of the lights on the dash were on. Okay. I made sure that the car was gassed. I made sure that the car was detailed. I got to his house 30 minutes before I was supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. I loaded the bags up. I drove nice and slow to the airport because that whole 45-minute drive, I got to ask questions. Sometimes I just got to listen. Sometimes he wanted to be quiet. I made sure I did whatever was catering, okay. the most catering to him. No. And then when he landed, I was, I because the right way to pick somebody up from the airport. Is not, okay, go ahead. Is to park your car. Okay. Park the vehicle. You don't know how many times I'm like out for speaking engagements and people roll up to the curb like like I'm garbage or something. Like I'm like, I, like what are we doing? Park the car. You don't know how many bags I got. You don't park the car. Excellent. Get to the airport 30 minutes before my flight lands. Get to the airport. You know how many times I land someplace and people are like, oh, uh, I uh, got the, the flight said you were supposed to track the flight. It's 2022. Google will tell you where I am, the coordinates of where I am in the air. Here's what's even crazier. If you just text somebody your flight number these days, it'll automatically message underline. message will tell you. It'll automatically underline. You can click it, and it'll tell you where in the sky I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Park the car. This is, this is excellent leadership for all of the people who are watching who are youth pastors, young adult pastors, small group, lead pastors, whatever, and you do conferences or your churches, like most churches where – Anywhere from 10 to 15 Sundays a year, you'll be bringing a guest in yes. or something like that. Park. This is great. The vehicle. Come in. Stand there with a sign. An iPad. Because you know what I look like. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea yeah. which random volunteer or staff member is going to be picking me up from the sure. airport. So I would park the car. before Because fast forward. If you listen to previous episodes, we started doing flood conference. Right. Before I ever picked up Chad Veach from the airport. Excellent, before Manny. Before I ever picked up Robert Madu from the airport. Before I ever picked up Chris Durser from the airport. Before I ever picked up Mike Todd from the airport. 
I picked up my pastor from the airport. I served Because I should not be honoring Someone any guest or celebrity communicator more than I honor my pastor. Okay, okay, okay. Now, you started this off by saying that you started doing this after hearing a bunch of staff members who were disgruntled. Disgruntled. Would you then say that disgruntlement is a clear indication of laziness? Laziness. Wow, Absolutely. wow, wow. Laziness. And it's not just physical laziness because all these people worked hard Work. at their job. Okay. We're talking about emotional laziness. Emotional laziness. That I don't want to do the work of getting over myself. Manny. I don't want to do the work that's required to think about you more right. than I think about myself. Excellent. All I'm thinking about is how much I want to be developed. Yeah. I'm not thinking about Pastor Andy's life and Pastor Andy's schedule and what he's stressed about. Sure. Let me tell you the number one way to stress out a leader is to go to the leader and say, is there anything I can do to help you? That's the most annoying question. If you can't see what I need, then you ain't the person to help me. So now you want me to stop what I'm doing. And think for you. To think. To think for you. To think about the things you should be seeing you, on your, you on your own. You think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your eyes. Use your eyes. Use your brain. Open your yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look around at some blues clues and figure out what I need help with. No one needed to tell me this man goes to the airport multiple times a week slash month. Nobody needed to tell me. The question wasn't does he go. The question was when he. I need you to let me know when he does go so that I can be there to serve. Within six months, I had been developed more by Pastor Andy than most staff members at that church had been developed in six, seven, eight years. Because while they were complaining and seeing themselves as a victim and putting a demand on someone, I took stress away from that individual, sure. developed relational sure. equity so that I was not overdrafting the account. Yes. I made sure that I was depositing. Yep. I'm here on time. I'm here with your favorite coffee order. I'm here to serve. I'm, your bags are already taken care of. You didn't ask you to do any of it. Didn't ask me to do nothing, but I'm going to do it with excellence. Yes. And I'm going to do it so well that you're just kind of like, man, I didn't know that I needed someone. And so get this. We would be in staff meetings at the church. I'd leave early. I'd leave out of the staff meeting. Our executive pastor would be like, where are you going? Be like, I got to go pick up Pastor Andy from the airport. Yep. Why don't I know about that? Because you're one of the disgruntled employees who's so <laughs> Hypothetically. You're one of the disgruntled employees who's so hurt sure. about how much Pastor Andy ain't there for you. Sure. And you, you, you sometimes on staff at churches, there's this Mary Martha mentality. Somebody sitting around. Okay. Complaining and crying. What I what I did was say, I'm not just on staff at this church to do the job on my job description. Okay. I'm here to get a relationship. Hmm. I'm here to build intimacy and intimate relationship with my pastor. Now let me say this. Yep. For those of people who are watching who work at churches that are multi-site. Yep. That are um, multi-level. That if you are looking to serve. The lead pastor like this, like the way you're describing, yeah. But you won't serve your campus pastor 
the, you're off. I'm going to use the context that I'm in. Yep. Please don't show up to Elevation Church talking about I'm going to go pick up Pastor Stephen from the airport. <laughs> and you yeah. And you haven't shown up to your one-on-one with your supervisor yet. Yep. yep. Pastor Andy, at this season of your life, was the next level of authority. I have known. I have no, At this point, mm-hmm. I'm 26. Okay. 25. I had known Pastor Andy since I was 11 years so old. So the story you told about being in middle school. Yes. And your youth pastor came in. Yes. And set y'all straight. And that said youth pastor. Was Pastor Andy Thompson. Okay. So you got 20 years of relationship. I knew him before the church had ever right. started. Right. I knew him before there was ever an executive pastor. Sure. My relationship with him predated the system. Sure. That all the other employees needed to adhere to. Now, when when honor is So given, we're a bit of an anomaly. When Our relationship but is not, a bit of an not anomaly. all the way. Because I'm gonna give you an example that happened for me in my life recently. Yep. I I we talked about in the first episode that I get to serve at Elevation Church yep. in the capacity of the associate pastor, and I get to lead our efforts around diversity, equity, inclusion. I get to help support our staff by being an advocate for our staff whenever the ine- inevitable ministry tensions arise. That really is like my main function on staff. But previous three years, I served as the youth pastor at our University City campus. Okay, under one of who I think is one of the best leaders really of our generation. Yeah. And that is somebody. No exaggeration. No exaggeration. Someone you and I know both, both know very well. Yeah. That's Chet Pete. Yeah. Now he's going to be so upset that I'm an incredible communicator, phenomenal leader. Okay. Now I said earlier, represents black leaders. Well, I said earlier in every space he's in. Anyway, I said earlier, I had to say that I said earlier about booking me and it was kind of tongue in cheek and it was, I was kind of serious book Chet for sure. You will be so much more impressed by the man. He is off the stage. Yeah. That you, it'll be two weeks. We've done tons of events together. It'll be two weeks down the road that you'll be like, also, his sermon was fantastic. For sure. He's such a great person that who he is overshadows what he does. For sure. Chet was my boss, was my pastor. I would say he's the person in my life now that I would still look and say, okay, this is my pastor. I no longer work at the University City campus. My responsibility, my role now is more for the our entire church. Yep. We had a young adult event at the University City campus that yep. I no longer work at. Yep. But Chet is preaching. Yeah. I know when Chet preaches, he's Chet is the most low maintenance. He don't want nothing. He don't want special attention or nothing. Yeah. I know he like a couple of Ricolas. Yeah. Some room temperature water. He want to make sure the microphone is on. He don't like fidgeting around with the microphone. Little things like that that I just picked up from him. Exactly. Just being around him. And by not being lazy. By not being lazy. Because being observant. Being observant was every time he reached down to pick up the mic, I'd watch him fidget with the mic and go. Yeah. And one day I just reached over and took the microphone from him, turned it on, made sure it was on and handed it back to him. Yeah. So I don't work for him no more. He's not my boss. He's not my supervisor anymore. But I catch wind that he's preaching. Yeah. Guess where I was. It's no longer my job. I don't get paid to do this. Yeah. But I'm serving him. Yeah. Because I refuse to allow the disgruntlement of, well, if there's a young adult event, why am I not preaching? I'm a good communicator. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at that campus for three years. Why did they ask me to do it? Yeah, yeah. And to and to circumvent that the, the seeds of disgruntlement that could have come over my mind and allow the laziness to make me sit back, guess what I did? I got my butt in the car, and I drove, and I showed up to the campus as if I still worked there. Yes. Where's this water, towel? I, where's, I want to put the batteries in the microphone. Yes. Where's, I went to the green room. You all right, Doc? What you need? Yeah. You good? You seen your wife yet? I know he wants to see Whitney, his wife. Before he goes up. You seen your boys yet? You get some family time before you go in? I just went and sat with him and just showed up to serve. Yeah. Just because I don't want to allow the laziness 
to just come over me. I want to read a, a quick, you and I have talked about this before. This is from 2 Samuel 23 and 15. Okay. Very, um, more people should preach about this passage, by the way. Okay. I love this story. The the, the Israelites are in battle against the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Uh, David longed for the water of Bethlehem and said, oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. One translation says, David remarked within himself. Yeah. Like he didn't even say this out loud. And he's not commanding anybody to do he this. He just whispers it to himself. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say that the, his three strongest soldiers, it doesn't say his three commanding officers. The Bible says the three people who were closest to him hmm. went and got him the water. Hmm. Now, to get him the water, they had to fight through the Philistine line to get the water, fight back through the Philistine line, now carrying the water, yeah. just to do something he didn't even command them to do. Yeah. David takes the water, and he pours it out. Yeah. Because he's like, ain't no way I'm about to drink this water yeah. while we're in the middle. It would be dishonoring yeah. for me to drink this water while we're in battle. What, did the, what the three soldiers closest to him did not do is get lazy and say, I'm, well, I mean, we can get the, he get that water when we get over there. <laughs> David, the king gets his water yeah. when we get our victory. Yeah. They got the water before they got the victory. Yeah. And that is the best dis- dis- depiction I can give to anybody who might be watching this and trying to figure out, hey, maybe my leader ha- has called me lazy because there have been some seasons where Chet has pulled me to the side and said, that's lazy. For sure. The youth ministry's thriving. And I'm like, what you want? What more do you want from me? The youth ministry's thriving. He like, cool, go help the young adult ministry. For sure. Get Be back a team there and, player. Go back there and help the kids ministry. I'm like, you ain't hired me to do that. Yeah. You don't, you ain't, that ain't what my paycheck is. Da, da, da. Yeah. And he's had to challenge me in that. And if you're not careful, disgruntlement is the first indication that laziness has started to set in, settle in. Absolutely. I want to do the, the, the bare minimum. Yes. Bare minimum means you will always be an employee. Yes. You, God will not allow you to be a steward over your own vision. No. Until you can steward somebody else's vision yes. well. Yes. And a good steward, a steward doesn't own anything. A, a steward means Pastor Andy's preaching and his vision is what's grown this church. I just get to steward the resources of the youth facility and the youth right. ministry. And if I don't treat this with care and with excellence as if I owned it, then God will never trust me to own anything. Own anything. Yeah. When we talk about laziness i want you to read timothy okay because when we talk about laziness okay i think that um here here's what sabbath is important rest is important yes but we have a generation that wants spa days luxury <laughs> shopping sprees sure that that i think has an unrealistic expectation and the 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 greed doesn't meet meet the grind. Like, wow. the, it doesn't match. Talk about that. Your greed for spa days and luxury and dope clothes and uh, Instagram lifestyle doesn't match your level of hustle or grind. And I think that, you know, if you were to talk to the people in my life who are with me on a daily and weekly basis, they would say, Manny's a workhorse. Yes. Manny will do three, four speaking engagements, shoot an armor course, sure. do a podcast. He's in a doctoral program, just high capacity. Yeah. And I got that from my immigrant father. Okay. Uh, 
I wasn't traumatized by my immigrant father. Sure. I was trained by my immigrant father. Excellent. And if you so often we overcorrect. Mm-hmm. So something is at one extreme and instead of correcting, we overcorrect. All the way to the other extreme. All the way to the other extreme. Yes. So we have toxic masculinity. So instead of just correcting, we feminize everything. Everything. Okay? So we have people who are workaholics. Instead of just correcting, we overcorrect. And now can't nobody make you hustle, work fast, sure. think quick, grind, you know. Or persevere. Woo! Or persevere. Because the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong. Come on. It is given yes. to the one who's going to endure. Yes. Yes. And the thing that I think laziness robs people of more than anything else is the harvest you reap if you endure. Yes. Laziness will make you quit on seed you sowed. Woo. Sin don't even make you do that. Yeah. Yeah. But laziness will. Laziness. Laziness will. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatian church. Hey, man, you got a harvest coming. You like you have a harvest coming. Yeah. Just don't give up. Yeah. And you know what, Will? It's it's funny because we can compartmentalize. Yes. In ministry, I was never lazy. But I remember when we really started struggling with infertility. Okay. Did your faith get lazy? No, my prayer life was lazy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you're talking about five years. I would say it probably took two years. Because the first year, I'm thinking to myself, I knew I'm going to have to develop a better prayer life if we're going to kill this Goliath. But we'll see. Let's see if Goliath go away first. See if he kill himself. Right? Before I put more energy in, let's see if Goliath just take care of himself. That's laziness. Let me tell you who are the people who are most um, in jeopardy of being lazy. Okay. Gifted people. Well, well. Those of us who are gifted. Well. Are the most lazy, are the most Lazy people. Come on. I hate that I'm getting ready to bring this up as a reference because you haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. I play 13 instruments. <laughs> okay. How many? 13. How many instruments you play, Will? I played 13 instruments. Yeah. Majority of them, I just picked up. I don't mean this out of arrogance. I don't For mean sure. this to sound haughty or anything. I just picked it up and it made sense. Yeah. So I didn't have to work hard at that. For sure. My seven-year-old brain was hearing music and had the ability to break down rhythm and melody and chord structures. I still have the ability. It's what made me a great organ player, mm-hmm. To which makes me a good organ player to back up black preachers when they're hooping. Yeah. And the Lord said, da-da-da-da. Yeah. Come here, then To be able to immediately mimic back whatever you are singing yeah. on the spot. Because when it comes to music... If I pick it up, I'm just going to do it well. Yeah. But then there came some stuff to my life, like marriage. Dang. That I didn't do well as soon as I picked it up. Yeah. And I had to decide, am I going to have the work ethic that's necessary in order to be a good husband, in order to lead my family well, or am I going to allow the laziness that has always been after me, Wow. but I've always been doing things I'm naturally good at. My gift has covered. My laziness. My laziness. Oh, my goodness. Until I'm in an area, nobody is a gifted husband. Come on. No one is. 
Not a person. No one is a gifted husband. No one is a gifted father. Yeah. No one is a gifted mother. Yeah. Those are things you have to learn and become. 100%. And when you finally step into something that is not an area of your gifts. Yeah. That's when you really will be able to see clearly for yourself. Yeah. Oh, man, my mom wasn't crazy all these years. Yep. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I want to read 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. It says, there's anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household. Listen to this, y'all. Has denied the faith. Has denied the faith. And, and, and is worse than an unbeliever. This is not just provision as in do you go to work and bring a paycheck home. Yeah. But have you provided an emotionally stable place for your family? Yep. Have you provided a mentally safe space for your family? Have you provided a space so that when your children come home and start asking you questions that they feel like they can approach? This is what I'm thinking through when I for read sure. this for myself. For sure. Have I created an environment? Have I, cre- have I provided a space for my relatives, especially my household? Yes. Because if I'm not, if I don't do that. I have. I have denied. Denied the faith. Den- I'm, I didn't say this, by the way. This is not an armor podcast quote. This is the Bible. Not just the Bible. This is from the apostle. <laughs> Everyone else is described as an apostle. Have you ever noticed this? Paul. Everyone else is described as, as an apostle. Paul is the apostle. The apostle Paul. The says, if you don't provide for your family, if you lazy, you are not only are you worse than some than an unbeliever, but you have denied the faith. You have denied the faith. You've denied the faith. Because we like to over-spiritualize Christianity. Oh, of course. It's our favorite thing to do. It's it's just about singing songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grace. And lifting my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listen to sermons on YouTube. And and I remember the first time um Somebody in my life, I graduated from college. I was, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I remember they was like, it's time to get a job. Like, there's nothing confused. Let me tell you what word I hate. Let me tell you what word I hate. Adulting. Because <laughs> it's not a real word. No. There's no ing. No. There's no I-N-G. No. In adulting. No. There's no such thing as adulting. No. My generation has created this word. Yeah. Let me tell you what happened when you turned 21. You adulted. Yeah. On your 21st birthday, yeah, yeah, yeah. you adulted. You adulted. And if you lived in Afghanistan, if you lived in India, if you lived anywhere else. That's not the United States. You'd be on kid number two. Yes. You'd be married. Yes. You. What are you talking about? We've prolonged adolescence through through middle school, in high school, through college, in a young adult ministry. I was watching. I almost don't even know if I agree with young adult ministry. Because to me, I'm just like, there's no such thing as a young adult. I was watching. You're an adult. A football game, an NFL game. The what other day. is the difference between young adult ministry and adult ministry? I was watching an NFL Somebody game the other day, me. and the announcer said, he's just a 26 year old kid. He doesn't know. Ye- what? I was like, wait, what? 26. Jesus was four years away from starting his earthly ministry. But okay. Seven years away from death. But okay. 26. If you're lazy, Paul says. You have denied the faith. faith. Get out your parents' basement. Get up. Get a job. Get up. up. 
Go listen to Dave Ramsey or Man. something. Pay off the student loans. God gave Adam Fig- a job before he gave him a woman. Listen, and get this. You are not living a truly human existence that's flourishing and thriving without meaningful work. That's right. Work is not a result of the fall. Adam had work in to the do garden. in the garden. In the garden. Before the fall. Yes. The curse is that the work was going to be considerably harder. Yes. After the, the rebellion yes. of eating from the fruit versus before. Right. The curse is not now you'll work. They, he was always going to work. He's always going to work. The curse now is that it's it'll painful be full toil. of painful pain and toil. Ugh. And so I think we've created a narrative where all work is evil. And we just want to get back to the paradise that we were created for, which is this place sure. in Eden where they ain't, there's no work. No, there's work. Actually, the the verbiage used, it's intentional. Um, there's only found a couple of places in the Old Testament. I'll give you two. What God says, you're made in my image, and I'm putting you in the garden to till it and to keep it, is the same words used of the Levitical priesthood. Yes. That you are to maintain the temple yes. in the same way that Adam and Eve were to maintain yes. the garden. And if, the ho- if our body is now the, the dwelling place, uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit, then that means there's work to do. Sure. There's not just work to do at your job, but there's work to do in your heart. In your heart. There's work to do in your mind. And if you do that work, no matter where you work, no matter where you'll be you able work. to find purpose really quick. Yep. Me and you had five guys the other day. Yes. And the guy who served us our food. Yo, the dude on the grill. Was living in his purpose. Yes. Somebody on the line made a mistake and the lady bought her food back. Yeah. And I watched this man do better leadership development than I've been a part of in some of the churches. He looked like maybe a 40-year-old black dude. Yes. And gathered the young lady he had at the register and the significantly older guy he had working the line with him. And it hit me. He, he has found purpose in giving young teenagers their first job yep. and helping older people maybe coming out of incarceration, coming out of a difficult season or whatever, giving them a good work, a good job for them to be able to do. He yep. found so much purpose in that that it overflowed in the way that he served us our food. Dude. Because sometimes I think we think that to work in my purpose means God has given me the ability to preach, so people need to pay me $10,000 so I can come to their church and preach. I don't like the Bible. I don't really read it that much, but I feel like because this is my gift, this is my purpose, I should be able to come and do that. I had somebody tell me one time, how come uh, Holly Furtick gets to just sit around and support her husband, but for me to to not want to work and just support my husband in the ministry? I was like, don't you ever, and I literally told this person, don't you ever in your life disrespect my pastors like that ever again. Don't you ever describe what she, what that woman does as sit around yeah. and support. Yeah. I'll knock you out. <laughs> I don't have no authority here, but I will fire you. I literally told this person that. I'll fire you. Yeah. Don't you ever disrespect and dishonor our leaders like that. For sure. What that is is not sitting around. That is, what you're talking about is laziness. Yeah. That's laziness. And when you do that, you have defiled the faith. You have completely rejected the faith. You have completely rejected the kingdom of God is what Paul is saying. Yeah. You have rejected Christ. Whatever you do. Yes. Do it. Man. As unto the Lord. The Lord. Not for an earthly master, but for your heavenly, for your heavenly master. Father. 
whatever you do, whether it's working at Five Guys, yes, we're not excellent so that we could grow. Right. We're excellent for excellence sake. Yes. The reason that I would put in hours and hours and hours of preparing this room and preparing this space to launch a podcast. Yes, I do hope that the podcast is successful. Absolutely. But whether it's successful or not, it will be excellent. It will be excellent. Because I'm not lazy. Yeah. And everything I do represents me. So if disgruntlement is an indication of laziness, then we would end this podcast episode by saying excellence is an excellent indication that you are not walking in the spirit of laziness. Absolutely. You decide on whatever level you're on because excellence, I used to think it took money to be excellent. No. Now I've, I've grown and matured to understand it takes desire to be excellent. Yes. You want to be designed. The churches that park and come in with an iPad, they're not spending extra money to do that. No. They're spending extra attention. Attention, time. To detail yes. and time yes. and care. It doesn't take a big budget to be excellent. That's right. It takes attention to detail to be excellent. Excellent. And excellence is the best antidote for, for any kinds of any kind of laziness. Armor Podcast. Armor Podcast. We man. love y'all. We'll see Episode y'all. Episode whatever it is. Uh, whatever it was. <laughs> we'll see y'all. Love y'all. Peace. I'm sorry if me and Will stepped on your toes. You can go get a pedicure when this podcast episode ends. Uh, if you thought that today's episode was good, how about you share it with someone? The best form of marketing is word of mouth. So we need you to uh, get the word out. Tell them about the podcast. I think that what me and Will are doing is really, really special. And this is an invitation for you to be a part of the Arma family. If this podcast is adding value to you, how about you uh, start taking our courses? How about you enter into the universe of all the other content that we have um, on the internet? How about you become a subscriber today? Always want to make that invitation. So leave a review, share this with a friend. Till next time, peace.